0: Going back to like, for instance, the plant paradox diet where you're removing lectins or even keto where you go on special diets, um, this is still feeding your gut flora, but of course it's getting rid of the gut flora who are now not getting their favorite quote unquote diet. So then your bowel movements actually change. Now. Speaking of, now, this is not Dr. Gundry speaking, this is just speaking in general because, of course, I've done keto for quite a while, uh, with the exclusion of the day that I actually ate pizza, right? So, um, there's a lot of different factors that influence your poop. So, for instance, um, one of the things that... Okay, I got to go back to Dr. Gundry because one of the things that he said, if you have floaters in the toilet, that means that your body is not absorbing the fat that you ate, and so of course that actually leaves that way. That when when you when you have floaters, that means there's fat in your diet that's leaving. Um, when it's solid, that means that your body has absorbed the fat. So um, just add to that. He was also talking about a study where um, in Georgia, I believe it was, they were actually doing uh, fecal transplants, and this was back in the 70s, this is when, uh, I guess this one guy had this ingenious idea to actually transfer uh, certain enzymes from one person or certain poop to another person um, just to get rid of the E. coli or something of that nature, I guess, or so there was something going on where, uh, actually one person's poop helped another person, in other words, um, there was some kind of disorder, colitis or something, that, uh, was actually running rampant, this is back in the 70s, and anyways, this guy got this ingenious idea to actually come up with with a poop enema and, and, you know, just to actually cure it. And they found out that it actually did cure it. And so that's actually what uh, launched the study into poop transplants. And from there, they did experiments on rats, like they would actually take the poop from a skinny rat and put it into a fat rat, and the fat rat would actually lose weight, and then go vice versa, where they'd take uh, poop from the fat rat and, and plant it into the skinny rat, and the skinny rat would actually get fat then they tried this on humans in some some study and they did it to an athlete actually an athlete ended up with something some kind of intestinal issue where she actually ended up with a transplant from a cousin of hers who happened to be 30 pounds overweight and they found out that this athlete ended up gaining 30 pounds so your gut flora actually has a lot to do with the uh, weight that you actually gain so your gut flora can actually determine if you're going to be obese or not And, uh, actually maybe instead of actually looking at like, for instance, stomach stapling surgeries or whatever, maybe what you need to do is actually get some healthy poop implanted into your uh, intestines to actually uh, change the gut flora. So, uh, I, I was kind of hoping Dr. Gundry would actually go into like, for instance, uh, changing your gut microbiome by actually eating, you know, like certain types of foods or something. But I I don't know, maybe the research hasn't been done on that yet. Maybe they'll find out in the future that all you have to do is like, for instance, remove certain foods. And uh, then actually these gut flora would die off and leave your intestinal tract. And then uh, you can actually start a different type of gut flora in your gut. So you know what, thinking about this, this is the reason why I think diets are important, because when you change diets, it actually changes your gut flora, so my theory, and of course I'm not a doctor, so it doesn't really matter, is that, like for instance, when you go on a certain diet, like we are only eating, for instance, uh, I don't know, um, cabbage, that, uh, the gut flora in your gut would change, you're not eating the bad foods anymore, like for instance, if you ate burgers, or you know, pizza or something of that nature and uh, so you change the gut flora and their taste and so the ones that, that actually wanted the pizza die off and the ones that are now um, have the cabbage infusion that like cabbage are actually benefiting from that. So there's a lot to be said about gut flora and how it actually affects your body. So, um, knowing this, you might be able to actually work with your gut flora and actually, uh, like if you're trying to lose weight, you can do that. If you're trying to get rid of a disorder, autoimmune disease, you might be able to do that with certain foods because you kill off the bad bacteria that's causing you harm and promoting the good. So, that's just another reason to actually pay attention to your diet if you're not, by eating the correct foods there's i mean there's no guarantee there i mean he didn't actually go into that so that's uh where i'm kind of missing that little bullet there uh to my conclusion because of course when i first started listening to his talk on let's talk about poop and episode 63 i was kind of hoping he would say on that or kind of um push the envelope as to why you need to eliminate lactans for instance out of your diet so he didn't really go there but that's okay It's still an interesting theory. I'm sure that the question has been asked before. And eventually I will find the talk that actually does talk about that, about how you can actually change your gut flora. So that's, I guess, my question to science. And so I'm kind of hoping that I will actually find the answer to that. And one thing I have discovered about diabetes is it's like a puzzle where you're trying to put all the pieces together. And... um, Sometimes when you think you have the big picture, too, you have to tear up the whole puzzle and start all over again because uh, certain things may not add up or you might have to change things. So it's, um, it's, it's interesting, for sure. And, you know, so like when you think that you have all the answers and then you end up not having all the answers, it's a little bit discouraging. But then it just, like if you're into research and stuff like I am, uh, you're just going to push forward and try to find those answers and not worry about the last or the old information. I do find it a fascinating topic though although I don't like to talk about poop. I still find it interesting that you can take the poop out of a perfectly healthy rat for instance and inject it into an, uh, a fat rat and the fat rat would lose weight that is automatically I mean that that just is a shining example of how um, I, our microbiome these these bugs that we have in our system good bad bugs and bad bugs about how they actually affect us and uh, many times dr. Gundry will talk about how your gut bacteria actually influence your health I mean he says this and he says this very casually In every episode I mean he doesn't emphasize it um, except for the fact that he always repeats that information so of course if he's constantly repeating that information he's he's pretty on target on that he's pretty serious now I just found the episode hilarious and uh, just because they're talking about poop I mean nobody wants to talk about poop And your bowel movement and like for instance uh, what a floater is (laughs) Um, now in my early 20s when I was actually learning my clinicals to actually become a nurse one of the things that um, we had to do in our training class was what we didn't take actual poop samples but we were showed how to actually package these poop samples in case we ever had to. And of course, the whole time that I was actually working as a nurse, I never had to take any poop samples. And I was relieved because uh, there's plenty of poop in, uh, for instance, a nursing home. <laughs> there's plenty of it. and uh, But not once, not even once, did I ever have to take a sample uh, to probably the detriment of all my patients. but. Um, I, they may have had other people who actually did that um, because, uh, of course, I was certainly not the only nurse on shift, and uh, it may just not have, have been a role for us, but we were trained in it. So, uh, on how to take poop samples because it was that important 20 years ago and is just as important today. One of the things that was very big in what I did is, um, uh, I did have to take, for instance, pee samples. And so of course they were concerned about, you know, sugar levels in the patients, et cetera, protein levels. And there was a lot that actually can be read just based on the excrement of the individual. But they were doing a lot of urine samples. They weren't necessarily taking poop samples. And, You know, I'm not, I'm not like a a major doctor or anything, but I would think that um, what Dr. Gundry was talking about and the different things in our poop can actually tell us what our body needs and what our body doesn't need. But I found this interesting topic because none of us talk about poop and our bowel movements or whatever. And when we do, it's it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of strange. Um, I'm pretty open, so like, if somebody actually brought this tub top, this topic up and wanted to talk about it, I probably would talk about it, just because I do have a little bit of experience with it—not a lot, but a little bit—and uh, I know that there's places, like there's a place in New Mexico that I, that will actually. Uh, take a poop sample from you and actually test it and let you know all about your poop if you wanted to actually know about it. And actually for me, knowing that this is live bacteria, dead bacteria, bacterial waste products, etc., I would probably want to know what's in my gut and what they're testing for. I mean, if nothing else, just out of curiosity, I would want to know the good bugs and the bad bugs that are in my body and how to actually get rid of the bad bugs if I if that's what I need to do and uh, actually improve my health that way. So I'm thinking this is actually revolutionary in a way because then they can come back and, you know, like they can study our poop and then come back and actually tell us what we need to eat, what we don't need to eat, what's making us fat, why this particular bacteria is making us fat, etc. So, because these bacteria control every aspect of your life and so this just goes on and on to prove that somebody who's either too skinny or too fat it's not necessarily them, but it's their bacteria actually controlling their bodies uh, in a certain way by, you know, creating certain types of cravings to actually feed these gut bacteria. I mean, how fascinating is it to know that we're literally a host to a world full of bugs. Like all these bacteria, good ones and bad ones within our bodies and how they need us as that host to survive a long time. So they're going to do what they need to do not only for them to survive, but for us to survive because they need us. And of course, once their need of us is is done, then, then, you know, then we're susceptible to just about anything. So, um, I'd be awfully curious to know if they actually help prevent certain things from happening to us as well. So there's got to be some kind of benefit there. Like, for instance, we're their house. So there's got to be certain things that bacteria does to actually, you know, maintain our house to where we feel satisfied. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would want to stay alive just so I could actually see the science of where this is actually going because this is revolutionary. I think that they've just uh, hit the iceberg tip of what's actually going on within our bodies. You know, we can talk about outer space all we want to, and is there life on other planets? But we have life going on right inside our, our bodies that we just totally, completely neglect. I mean, if we're going to send billions, if not trillions of dollars into outer space, maybe we should spend billions and trillions on knowing what's going on in our bodies, our own bodies, to keep us living a longer, healthier, happier life. Okay, with that being said, this is going to be a short episode because I don't really have anything much more to say about poop. So, um, it's just something you should do every day and, you know, it's just part of life. So, if you can get over the whole creepy bug factor, the fact that you have... I don't like bugs, by the way. uh, But the fact that I have, like, millions in me right now, it's a little bit disturbing. I'll be honest with that. I mean, I'm a little bit disturbed to know that there's all kinds of bacteria and stuff that actually are crawling in my gut that I actually need. Because, uh... You know, you would kind of hope to think that you don't have any of these invaders in your body and come to find out your body needs the invaders. Otherwise, uh... Uh, you may not survive. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't done the research yet. So anyway, so that being said, sorry for the shock factor there. That's the whole ooh, experience. Um, anyways, just be kind to each other. I want to thank you again for listening to another episode of Diabetic Survival. This has been Margaret Colby Frankwitz and I'm signing out. Have a great night. everybody, this is Diabetic Survival with another episode today, and this is Margaret Frankowitz, Margaret Copeman Frankowitz, and I'm going to talk about a very embarrassing topic, um, but you know, it's something that needs to be talked about because it's so intriguing when you look at it. I'm talking about poop. Yep, I said it. Now I want everybody to say it, poop we all do it. Why are we embarrassed by it? We all do it. If there's anybody who doesn't poop out there, okay, you you don't have to listen to this episode, but the rest of us actually do poop. And, uh, I have to bring Dr. Gundry into this because I watched one episode, then I watched the next. I, I love actually watching Dr. Gundry on YouTube. He is so entertaining. He's got the best podcasts, most informative. But in this episode, uh, I'm gonna talk about poop because I was just blown away by what poop is and what I thought it was. Okay, so let's talk about poop. We automatically think that it's just our waste product going through our body. You know, it's the food we eat. Our food doesn't absorb it. It goes right back out, right? Well, there's, there's something I gotta tell you about poop. Uh, there's something that I didn't know about poop until I watched the podcast that Dr. Gundry had done I did not know that poop is actually full of live organisms. Yes, we have a lot of bacteria in our guts. We are literal universes to thousands of gut flora uh, that line our ut- ut- intestinal tract, and he says, in our stomachs as well. Some are in our stomachs and uh, we're excreting them and the waste products they actually make. When you think about it, it's like so gross, you know? I mean, nobody wants a bunch of bugs in their system. We don't want like worms and parasites and bacteria and all this other kind of gross stuff. We're actually hosts. We're just a bag full of hosts. We're just, we think that we're living, breathing entities free of any of these things and we might occasionally get something like a bug or something in our system. We're full of it. Like literally thousands, probably millions of little bacterias like crawling and making up what makes us. And it's constantly eating whatever we eat. It likes what we eat. It probably uh, has something to do with uh, brain chemistry and what we actually crave. Like when we crave chocolate, I bet those little buggers love chocolate. I would almost guarantee it. So when we feed our bodies, we think that we're getting all those nutrients and those little suckers are like actually eating all, of just about everything that we eat. So all those cravings that you get is because you're feeding your your gut flora. So I, I guess we could say that we're pet owners in a way, and we have these little pets called bacteria that we have not named, they just kind of form in our digestive system and They kind of just do their job. They just kind of sit around and wait for us to actually eat something that they like and attach themselves to it and spawn and create new gut flora, etc. So, I don't like necessarily talking about poop. I mean, who would want to talk about poop? It's something that you do, hopefully, once a day, because you really should have a bowel movement every day. Uh, Some people have problems with bowel movement. And, uh, you know... Some people have floaters and wonder why, and some people have nice, solid poops. It's supposed to be a nice, solid poop. Dr. Gundry said you should have an anaconda staring back at you. I don't have an anaconda. I have a little, bitty, tiny snakes. Not too tiny, but, you know, they look like normal poop to me. But, anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting talking about poop. Uh, this is probably going to be the hardest podcast I ever do because it's so embarrassing. Okay, with that being said, so what is exactly going on here? Um, Dr. Gundry had this awesome little talk about poop. I've never been more entertained than uh, when he's talked about this subject, because of course I do know, I I learned a couple weeks ago that we are basically hosts to all these bacteria that actually live in our system. And they're literally the brains of us. They tell us what they need, what they want. We give it to them or we don't give it to them, whatever. And life goes on. But there are some things that Dr. Gundry actually talked about that uh, we have kind of taken as a regular habit, like, for instance, soluble and insoluble fiber and what he thinks about it. And, of course, I'm going to listen to Dr. Gundry because, I mean, if he would actually take the time to actually research and study poop, I'm actually going to listen. Now, mind you, he listens to others as well. He listens to the experts in the field who have gone out and uh, surveyed other people's poop and have come up with different research uh have come up with different research material for him to actually share with the rest of us and come to his conclusion on that. So, the really interesting and unique story that he actually talked about was uh, for instance, uh, we seem to want to have, you know, the fiber in our diet so that we, like for instance, if we're having digestive issues, we'll We'll find new ways to actually take in uh, soluble fi- insoluble fiber, I guess he called it, um, with a lot of the products on the market where you just sprinkle that stuff on your food and then you eat it and then you try to have like a regular bowel movement or whatever. He actually does not suggest you do something like that and I, I don't know if it's because of the lectins in there or what. Um, if you want to watch his episode, it's called Let's Talk About Poop, Yes yeah, Seriously, Episode 63. It is dated October 28th, 2019, so a couple years ago, and uh, this this was really interesting because he said, you know, I don't know what year it was, but he was talking about this one doctor who actually went to Africa, you know, like a lot of doctors actually go to Africa to do, um, you know, to treat some of the people down there with certain disorders, and I guess he was into treating people with colitis and other diseases. Um, about movement issues, and he was surprised to find that nobody really had any of these issues, and that uh, they poop a great deal, like a large amount, and this is, I, you know, I, I was talking with a friend 20 freaking years ago in California, and that's one of the things that he said, is you just needed to have a large poop every day, and <laughs> I, I get into some interesting conversations, this is not something I talk about. On a daily basis, by any means, like once a year, I'm good. I won't ever talk about poop again after this episode, okay? So, because um, it's just not something I I want to talk about is is, is excrement, but uh, at the same time, it's still part of our bodies, as part of the functionality of us, and it's something that all diabetics do. And uh, so, anyways, back to the story. So they were pooping like these. Great copious amounts of poop, and he was really surprised by it because they didn't have any issues, and so that's what he knew that that these people needed was a, a good poop. Well, um, what created that? They ate a lot of yams back then, wild yams, and uh, this would actually help them to have that bowel movement. Anyways, he was from England, and. They don't have a lot of yams, I guess, in England. They have a lot of, like, wheat and rye and stuff like that. And so um, when he, when this guy created his paper, he said that, and that's how this all started, was you need more fiber in your diet, and these are the things that you need to do to actually, you know, poop a lot. So, um, Dr. Gundry, I, I, I thank him for that little story because it kind of, gives you a clue as to what you need. I mean, obviously, if you're pooping like a little rabbit or something, you know, like little, you know, little puny poops, there's something going on there. Um, But I think the most incredible thing that he actually said, which is kind of game changer in a way, and kind of goes against what society has taught us about poop, is that he said that he felt actually... I mean you I guess you wanna your goal and game goal, you wanna get to the point where you're not using hardly and that one was a pretty incredible statement. I just that kinda blew me away. Like what? Not use toilet paper? I mean this is something that I, I can't even think I can't even fathom this. Why wouldn't I use toilet paper? I mean that's what you use to clean yourself, right? Um but, you know, what he explained is, is that, you know, animals, you know, they go out in the forest, they take a poop or whatnot, they don't have toilet paper, and they don't have any issues with this either. And uh, technically, they they do. Um, I mean, they, you know, he, he gave the example of a dog, you know, a dog takes a poop and it walks on, but, you know, there's, there's times dogs, you know, they kind of like use your carpet as toilet paper on occasions, he, he, he miss these points, um, or they'll use the grass. Um, so sometimes they, they have issues too. I'm sure other animals have issues with this as well. And, um, but in general, they don't use toilet paper. He's right about that. They don't. And how, how does it not, how, how does it happen? Well, it happens because of the types of food that they eat and of course veterinarians are pretty insistent about you know animals being on their special diets like what they eat in the wild so i guess technically if we didn't eat i mean you know our our, our, our civilization is a little bit more advanced than that i mean we have all different kinds of foods when we walk into the grocery store uh, of different things that we can actually eat, and so, of course, some of this is going to, um, come out of our bodies wrong, and so, of course, we need toilet paper, but I thought it was kind of cool, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point where I'm not using toilet paper, because it's one of those things that is ingrained in me that, you know, we buy toilet paper, that's what we do, and of course, I love my Charmin, so, you know, I, I, I'd have a hard time giving that up. But obviously, if there comes a point where I don't need to use it, I mean, that's that's kind of cool, too. I mean, just think of all the money I would save. So um, (laughs) anyways, I'm still getting past the craziness of we're actually pooping out our gut biome. Now, he said that we have between four and five pounds of uh, these bacteria roaming around in our gut. And of course, some of us are a little bit larger than than normal people so we probably have a little bit more but uh the fact that you know like if you're having like your pizza cravings or whatever it's probably because the gut flora in your your uh digestive system is craving that or the carbs for instance um, another perfect example there um i think that our gut bacteria actually crave the foods that we actually eat so, um, go